Support for Retconned comes from Roofless Solar, providing off-site solar array communities that produce energy for customers with no maintenance or equipment to the homeowner, custom solar-powered energy options available for all architectural home styles, and also available to business and personal renters, now available in New York, rooflesssolar.com. How would a time traveler who periodically changes into a different person with the same memories be affected by that experience psychologically? What sort of personality would make a good traveling companion for such a person? We're investigating the psychology of Doctor Who in this episode of Retcon. Allons-y! Welcome back to another episode of Retcon, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking Doctor Who. Specifically, the psychology of Doctor Who. The longest-running sci-fi series on television is more popular than ever these days, and its time-and-space-traveling protagonist is currently on his 12th incarnation, with actor Peter Capaldi continuing his run as the Doctor in this year's Christmas special before kicking off the next full season of the series in April. We're in a Doctor Who state of mind. That's why we spoke to psychology expert Travis Langley, the editor of the recently released book Doctor Who Psychology, A Madman with a Box. A regular speaker and author on the psychology of pop culture worlds and the characters that inhabit them, Langley is frequently called upon to offer up his insight on the heroes and villains of our favorite superhero and sci-fi stories, and authors the column Beyond Heroes and Villains for PsychologyToday.com. We spoke to Langley about everyone's favorite Time Lord to get some insight on what's going on inside that brilliant, brilliant brain of his, as well as the psychology behind his companions and, yes, his enemies too. Travis, it's great to have you on the show here. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, uh, you know what? We're going to jump right into it with the uh, the first question that every Doctor Who fan uh, sort of expects in, in, well, interviews, conversations, anything. Who was your doctor? <laughs> um, my, 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 it seems like it should be an easier answer. My first doctor was my mental picture of the doctor based on some novels that I read before I ever got to see the show. That's fascinating because, you know, usually you get the normal uh, Baker or, you know, Tennant or, or one of right. those. Right. I mean, the first one I saw was Tom Baker. But, of course, in terms of the TV ones, over the years I've really grown fond of the second doctor, which most of the doctors are doing some version of the second doctor. Troughton, Yes. You know, you're a psychologist and a Doctor Who fan. Uh, did blending these two interests uh, come easily to you while putting together the book? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been a Doctor Who fan. Ever, ever, I mean, I was intrigued in it, like I said, before I even saw the show. A friend got me interested. And uh, look at this character and why he's lasted for 53 years. Even when he wasn't on TV, they were still Doctor Who audio plays and comics and books. And the Doctor has never gone away. You know, there's always been this following. And it's not just somebody wandering through, you know, one trite science fiction story after another. It's a character who's intriguing to us. And these questions of, you know, what would it be like to be able to travel through space and time and revisit things that have already happened? And and the idea of immortality, you know, these appeal to some of the most you know, fascinating things to us all. Well, it seems like one of the fundamental problems of exploring psychology of, of the Doctor is that you're, you're dealing with a character whose personality has changed pretty drastically over 12 iterations, or I guess regenerations, uh, 11 regenerations after this point. Um, how did that aspect of the character affect the way you approach studying him from a psychologist's perspective? Yeah, that, that actually has to come up repeatedly throughout the book, where we go through the changes in the character and the different versions of the personality, and you know, they're 
one writer goes through, you know, looking at different aspects of the doctor. It's like when he's more introverted, when he's more extroverted. Another one goes through looking at some of the differences and talking how they would relate to functioning in the brain. And each of these things, they still appeal to us because we change as well. We don't change as drastic as drastically as the doctor does, but we go through changes ourselves. Like the, the 11th doctor, Matt Smith, right before he regenerated, you know, he was saying to his companion, we all change, and that's a good thing. And and that is part of the appeal of the doctor, that we understand changing who we are over time, and we also find something appealing, the idea of kind of rebooting ourselves once in a while. Oh, certainly. It, I especially like that, in addition to the doctor, the book also explores some of the psychological elements involved with uh, his companions and, and his enemies. Uh, what can you tell us about the sort of psychological profile that makes a, a good companion for the doctor or, or maybe a formidable enemy for the doctor? Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we do a couple of full chapters on what makes a good companion. Uh, you know, the kind of inquisitive personality, the kind of person who wants to, you know, go out and explore and do more things and have very strong humanity. Because you know, for the doctor, one of the things that's important for him about them is, is that uh, they help root him because he is ancient and he is older and very different from everybody else. But he gets to have this person remind him of what it was like to be new to the universe. And and those companions are very important. Their humanity helps root him as he goes along and sometimes forgets why he's doing this. Well, certainly. And what about enemies? Is there a certain psychological profile that uh, maybe is common amongst some of his uh, most, you know, most memorable enemies? One of the things you really find that stands about the enemies is how they relate to this this fear of loss of our humanity. The companions are there to remind the doctor of his humanity, even though he's not technically human. Uh, but you know, his enemies, it's the loss of these qualities. The Daleks and the Cybermen, the best-known enemies of the doctor, they're both living beings who are now just confined to these machines. The Cybermen, they've r- removed everything in their bodies except their brains, and they've even stripped that of its emotions to lose their humanity. And you know, in this modern technological world that we're in, you know, that is as much a fear to us as with the ancients, you know, who worried about being replaced by vampires and ghosts and ghouls and zombies, although they weren't calling them zombies back then. And and so there's this ancient fear of losing our humanity. But in the Doctor Who, it's a science fiction technological thing. But you see this repeatedly in one story after another, you know, especially every year there's some new villain that is people replaced by some strange version of themselves. Well, from a psychological perspective, how do you see the current doctor, you know, Peter Capaldi there, uh, differing from his predecessors? Is there a unique uh, psychological trait he presents that's unique from some of the rest? Yeah, the Peter Capaldi, he is feeling, very much seems to be feeling the weight of of all of his history. The Matt Smith, the the previous doctor, you know, played by the youngest actor to ever play the but the doctor, you could see him playing it as the oldest doctor ever, but he was the one who kept running even more than other doctors because on some level, you know, he realized he was running out of time. That was going to be his his last regeneration. It was supposed to be, but then he got new ones. And then Capaldi comes along and okay, he's got this new life that he wasn't expecting to have. And things are catching up with him, and he gets to looking at questions like, am I a good man, and worrying. You know, even as he's one of the grumpiest doctors in a while, he's got this strong sense of justice, and, and he's reevaluating himself, and he's, he's not sure where he is right now. 
Is there a psychological aspect of the Doctor that you haven't seen so far in any of the 12 incarnations that you'd kind of like to see in a future iteration? Some some aspect of the character that you're, you're still sort of waiting to see? Well, of course, I mean, a lot of fans are waiting to see a female Doctor, uh, which is, is oh, you say, well, that's not the psychological aspect. Oh, well, it would definitely affect the psychology of the character. Certainly. Uh, um, I, and people speculate on who ought to play the Doctor. I would kind of like to see him, uh, the Doctor played by Catherine Tate, who had played the companion Doctor Noble, Donna Noble. Um, well, and Dr. Donna, uh, if, if he for some reason regenerated into you know looking like her, uh, she'd be able to play the comedy of the character, and you know in different aspects. Uh, some of the things I, I think we haven't seen, you know, a doctor who is is more broadly uncertain of himself. You know, every doctor, even even the ones who have the least least confidence, like the fifth doctor, they still have this strong sense of confidence that they're smarter than everybody else, and I. I but he's got this accumulation of recognizing his own weaknesses, his own errors, and I would like to see him more strongly you know, feel the weight of his own fallibility. You've explored a psychology of, of Star Wars, of, of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. The Walking Dead, even mm-hmm. Captain America and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Are there any sort of common elements you found in, in these characters or worlds or, or maybe even their, their fan bases uh, when you're exploring this aspect of projects like these? I, I think the, the most clearly recurring theme throughout these is heroism and therefore the other side of it villainy what does it take to bring out the best and worst in people you know captain america and iron man we focus more on the heroism you know something like the walking dead and game of thrones we're looking at horrible worlds where it's like how do you hang on to your humanity you know what, what, what how can anybody be a hero in those terrible situations the doctor who the doctor is choosing the worlds that he goes to or the doctor is taking into these worlds but he doesn't have to stay there and linger for long uh, but so what does it take to, to keep being the doctor, the healer, the person who's doing this thing to help others, you know, no matter what you've gone through? Well, this is great. Well, Travis, I thank you for joining us here and uh, and for shedding some new light on an aspect of Doctor Who that even myself as a, as a longtime fan uh, hadn't really considered before. Oh, well, thank you. I love talking and thinking about these things. That was Travis Langley, editor of Doctor Who Psychology, A Madman with a Box, now out on shelves and featuring 20 essays that explore the psychology behind the Doctor and his many iterations, companions, and memorable foes. Doctor Who returns for its 10th season in April. This has been Retcon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. It lets us know you're out there and want to hear more.